Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show offers listeners first-hand insight into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. My guest today is the well-known and easily recognized Mr. Steve Landers, who founded Arkansas's largest chain of automotive dealerships called Landers Auto Group. Steve is a born salesman, obvious by this told story about him. At the tender age of just five years old, Steve walked to the newspaper office the Benton Courier, and with his allowance of three cents, bought newspapers, and then standing on the street corner, he resold them for five cents. At the age of 12, he landed a job pumping gas in his hometown of Benton, Arkansas. By 14, he was washing cars at the local Oldsmobile dealership, and by 17, while still in high school, he was selling cars at a dealership in Little Rock, Arkansas. Just a year later, in 1972, Steve and his father, Bob, Bob Landers decided to start their own business and founded what would become Landers Auto Group. For the next three years, it was just Steve and Bob. Steve out front selling and Father Bob in the back office handling operations. Five years later, cousin John Landers joined the group and brought his experience of being president of Colonial Bakery to the family business. Now it was cousin John running operations and Steve and Father Bob selling cars. Over the next 10 years, their success and reputation grew so that in 1989, Chrysler sent a representative to Landers and Benton, which resulted in their first franchise. And as they say, the rest is history. I can't wait to learn more as we talk to the well-known and charismatic CEO of Steve Landers Auto Group, Mr. Steve Landers. Welcome, Steve. Yes. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> So I just want to tell everybody that you and I have been visiting for 45 minutes before the show and that we love each other. Right. <laughs> we, are, we are a lot alike. A lot alike, yes. Yeah, we are. I am fascinated by you, and really everybody is fascinated by you. Every time I told somebody you were coming on, they're like, really, really? You're like a movie star in town. Well, I don't know if I'm a movie star. I, um, I just know I'm an old country boy from Sling County that's worked <laughs> awful hard in my life. You really, really have. Like me, you in school did not get along. No. Couldn't wait to get out and start earning money. Is that story true about the five cents selling newspapers? It, it is true. It, 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 you missed the part about my allowance was three cents. I, I, I think I didn't have any allowance. I just mustered up a couple of dollars and I'd go up there and buy papers for three cents a piece uh -huh. and then I'd sell them for five cents a piece a lot of times they would give me a dime you know but you know it was five uh I'd go up there you know it's like three thirty or four in the afternoon and I'd stay out on the corner right by our house about two blocks over I'd stay out there till about seven thirty. well my mother knew where I was at nobody would throw you in the car and steal you back then you yeah. know I mean nobody would run off with you <laughs> so I would just stand on the corner and holler courier and I'd sell those papers and I'd make three or four cents a piece and sometimes it's seven cents somebody give me a dime and uh i'd make a couple of dollars a week i'd take that couple of dollars and buy cokes and ice cream and stuff that i wanted mm -hmm. i would buy with my own money but the uh the uh back then you could buy a baby ruth about a foot long for a nickel and a six, <laughs> 16 ounce pepsi for a nickel <laughs> so you were rich so i was i had a lot of money with three or four dollars in my pocket that's you know, exactly so. right so your mother did she work no. My mother uh, worked at a radio station. No way. She did. My mother worked at a radio station. She did what you're doing. 
No way. Yes, and uh, I can't believe we didn't learn that forty-five minutes right, ago. Right, right. So uh, she's uh, she did what you're doing at a radio station for That's years great. and years. You and know, and your dad was a car salesman always. My right? dad was a car salesman when I grew up. Uh, you know, and I, I got uh, I actually didn't go to work with my dad till after I'd been in it about a year. I got married when I was seventeen years old. And still married today. Still married today to the same girl, and um, uh, we were high school sweethearts. And you know, I was so bad in school that I was. Uh, a, gr a grade ahead of her and she would uh, be I would re repeating and I would sit behind her because her name was Mike Mahan, mine was Landers, we sat close together mm -hmm. and I would try to cheat by copying off of her and she'd cover her work up every time I would move a little closer she would cover it up and I tapped her on her shoulder I said look if, if I'm going to get out of school you're going to have to let me cheat <laughs> And she wasn't big on that, but she finally let me, you know, get a few answers off of her. But we started uh, dating each other in, uh, at 15 and then... Uh, 15? 15 years old. And as soon as, uh, as soon as she got old enough to get married, we got married. That's just a great story. And, and I've been with her ever since. And uh, She's a saint. She's a saint. She <laughs> certainly is that. So, so do you have brothers or sisters? Got a couple of brothers. That one's in the car business and... Uh, uh, he's in uh, works up. Uh, he's partners with jo Mark Martin, a race car driver. And, really? Yeah, and they're partners up in Batesville. And uh, then I've got a brother that's a pharmacist. And uh, so he likes school because you got to go to a lot of school. He likes school, and he and you know I followed behind him five years, and all those teachers thought, well, I was going to be like him. Well, I wasn't like him. I was nothing like him. I didn't like school. Didn't want anything to do with school. And if it hadn't been for a couple of really good teachers. Uh, knowing that I was not a going to be a, a honor student, that I wasn't going to be a, uh, they, they taught me the basics, math, basics of math, uh, uh, basics, just everything English, that was basic. basic English, yeah, basic, basic English, just, so basic, just something to get me through because they knew that I was not going to be a scholar student. Mm -hmm. And, you know, scholar student is not for everybody. No. And, and uh, you know, I, I got a blank high school diploma. You know, I got a blank high school diploma. <laughs> And, um, but now you got to go back and say what to the school? Didn't they well, just ask you to they, come they, back? No, about 10 years ago, they honored me for outstanding. Uh, I put got in the school hall of fame for outstanding uh, accomplishments. Whatever. Accomplishments. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Citizenship. You know, get, get out and, and making it happen, you know. So that they, they, they did honor me for that. You know, I think people need to recognize that there are all kinds of intelligence and levels. And I was exactly the same way. And Steve and I were talking about how we didn't know that we were probably dyslexic and ADD back then because they right. didn't have a name on it. That's right. And, you know, I, I knew that uh, my, my, the teachers, and when my youngest son was in the seventh, eighth grade, they came to me and they said, Steve said, your son is, we think it's ADHD. And I said, no, no. I said, my son is L-A-Z-Y. <laughs> and she said, no, we think he's ADHD. Well, I got mad because I didn't think he was ADHD. But then now, I didn't even know what ADHD was. Right. But so we take him, get him tested. Sure enough, he's got ADHD. And I had it. Yeah. You know, and so he got it. I had it. Now my grandson's got it, you know. Yeah. So, so uh, it's uh, it's easy to pass on. And uh, Boy, you can accomplish a lot with it. You know, I don't know why ADHD, people don't want people to have that. I think it's a pretty good thing, ADHD, personally. If you put your, uh, if you focus on things that you like is what it means. You don't focus on stuff that you don't like. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like a lot of that school stuff, so I didn't focus at all. But when I get into things that I liked, I, I over-focus, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I, and I, I've got one gear and that's wide open. You know, if I'm going to sell cars, I'm going to sell more than anybody. You know, mm -hmm. when I when I eat, I eat more than anyone. You know, I mean, I just <laughs> I have one speed and that's wide open. That's right. And uh, and so it, it, you know, you have to learn to bottle it 
and contain it. And it which and comes it, with maturity. Which comes with maturity. Sure it does. Absolutely does. Well, I mean, you rode a motorcycle down the hall of the Benton High I did. School. I did. You got kicked out. We're got so kicked happy. out for a week, and then I, I, you know, I took a cherry bomb. Back then, cherry bombs were pretty big, and we didn't have all the bombings and things that, oh, yeah. that we're having now. So I lied a cherry bomb and was going to throw it in front of the class. I was walking down the hall at school, and I was wanting to throw it where it went off in front of the classroom, in the front of the classroom. So I throw it, it hits those slick floors of the school, and it goes right up under a teacher's desk oh. and goes off. I got kicked out a week for that, too. I didn't know if I was going to be able to get back in after that one. Well, you are an attention getter. But I, I did a, I put a greased pig. I squeezed a greased pig through the, school, through the doors of the school one time. And it took them a day or two to catch that pig. I mean, he was, <laughs> nobody could hold him. And then, you know, the, the principal was on there saying, if somebody catches pig, you know, you'll know, try to catch him and hem him up. But you could, they could catch him, but he he's couldn't. Greasy. He's greasy. He'd run off from him. So That's only in Arkansas. That's I mean, only in you know, Arkansas. That doesn't that's happen anywhere Arkansas. else, does it? And how, the, how my wife, who was totally the opposite, got connected with me, I'll never know. Opposite the track. Opposite the track. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Mr. Steve Landers, CEO of Steve Landers Auto Group. Let's talk about your business. You're in high school, you get your first job in Little Rock selling cars, and you only do it for a year before you know that you and your dad decide to go out on your own. Is there something that happened that made you decide you want to, you and your dad want to take well, that I, jump, leap of faith? Yes, I went to... Uh, I went to get a job because I was getting married. Uh, I'd been washing cars uh, at the Oldsmobile dealership for a couple of years, you know, as a kid, and I was going to get married, and I was making $39 a week at the hardware store uh, before I got married, and, and uh, I left the washing cars and went to the hardware store and worked. And, and so anyway, I got a job there, and I, I uh, uh, selling cars because I went every day and asked this guy if he would hire me. I was 17 years old. Those guys, there was 50 salesmen there. Wow. And, and those salesmen were uh, my age and, and, and younger. You know, there was no 17-year-olds. And um, so it took about a week for him to hire me. The, the guy knew him. He knew my dad. And I just kept going in. And he'd say, I don't need you. And I'd go keep going back. And I kept going back. And I kept going back. And Persistence. Finally, finally, he said, I'll hire you. Get a haircut and come in. So I got a haircut and went in. And the first morning... I went to work. I sold a car that morning, and I'll never forget that guy walked up to me, and he said, how much is this car? I said, he said, could I speak to a salesman? And I looked left, and I looked right, and there was nobody there. I said, I guess I'm a salesman, because I was going to work yeah. as a salesman. Yeah, yeah. It was the first one I've ever done. First day. Yeah, I said, I, I guess I'm a salesman. And he said, how much is this car? And I just read the window price. I think it was about $1,490. For a new car, then you know, wow. and and, and, he, and so he said, "I'll take it," and that was I've been there thirty minutes. I said, "I can do so this." So I made seventy-five dollars. I'll never forget that particular deal made me paid me seventy-five dollars. So I've been working all week for thirty-nine dollars after you know after school and stuff at a hardware store, and so I said, "I found the thing I need to do." Yeah. Because I said I can I can make a living doing this. So I started working there, and um, I was not the best salesman. Because there was 50 experienced guys there, but but I was the best worker. I always I always prided myself being the best worker. I would get there early and stay late, and uh, I wouldn't uh, I couldn't sell. I wasn't the best car salesman. Uh, so the guy that was the best car salesman there got punished uh, for doing something, and they stuck me in as his roommate because I was a 17 year old kid and 
just been in the business a couple of weeks. His office mate, really. His office mate, yeah. yes. And, and, and so to, really they were doing that to irritate him because he had done something wrong. So I'm his office mate. Well, 40 days go by. He never says good morning, good afternoon, how you doing? Not a word, never said a word to me. So I walked up to him one day and I said, oh man, listen, I'm going to be here. I said, you're not going to run me off. I said, I'm going to be here and we're partner. We're in the same office. I said, we need to learn to speak to each other. And he was the best salesman there. So he said, so we mended the fence and, and he started speaking to me. And, and he said, you catch the customers, bring them in to me. I'll, I'll sell them and you listen. And so I learned how to sell cars from that, that guy. And uh, uh, then all of a sudden I laid the board six months in a row. I was a top salesman out of 50 for six months in a row as a 17 year old kid. So um, it couldn't be that I was the best salesman because I was not the best salesman, but I was the best worker. Mm-hmm. So, so I outworked everybody there. They would take breaks and take off in the mid afternoon and, and, and I would work through that because I knew that the only way I could make it is by outworking them because I was not the best salesman. But I led the board six months in a row during that first year. How many cars is that a month? It's about 40 to 50 cars a month. Dadgum, that's a car a day. Over a car a day. Over a car a day. And, and uh, I did it, but back then it was a lot easier, a lot less paperwork, a lot, you know, but, but I would sell over a car a day, you know, two, three cars a day, you know, and, and uh, so I found that this was my niche, but I'll never forget my, the that first year I made like $21,000 for the year and I was the best salesman there. So you know what the other guys were making, you know, cause I made 21,000. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that, but it was a lot of money back yeah, it's then. It's pretty a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. It was about a lot of money back then. And, and, uh, so then I, then I decided, you know, that I will, uh, Oh, uh, they, they wanted me to come down and work where my dad was at. And, and so the job was 300 a week. And and my wife thought I was crazy. Yeah, because that's going to be a cut in pay. Yes, and I, but I knew that, and like my dad said, you'll learn more down here than you're learning there. They're not going to teach you the car business, but you come down here with us, and we'll teach you the car business. You're not going to make as much money, but you're going to learn the business. And your dad was working for somebody else. Yes, he wasn't he working was, for no, himself. He was working for somebody else. And and I went down and and we worked. I uh, worked with him down there for about a year, and I was out selling all the guys there, you know, because they didn't work as hard as I did. But uh, after about a year, I told I, I told the owner of the store, I said, look, I'm going to make $400 a week next year here or somewhere else. I'd love to make it here if you'll just pay me for it. I'm not going to pay you that much, he said. He said, I don't pay myself but $350 a week, and I'm not paying you $400 a week. I said, well, just put me on commission. If I don't sell anything, you don't owe me a dime. There you go. And so when he put me on commission, I made $1,800 the first week. Oh. And he didn't want me to, so he didn't want to pay me. Because yeah. Yeah, it was too way too much in his mind, so my dad got mad because he didn't want to pay me what he owed me, and I was mad because he didn't want to pay me what he owed me. So my dad and I said, "We're leaving," and we left and started our own used car lot. Had thirty cars in stock, thirty total cars in stock, and um, we had a little trailer, forty by sixty. And I remember you and I are the same age, yeah. and I remember that I was trying to get a job around that age, and I was think it seems to me, if I'm remembering correctly, eight thousand dollars a year was a good pay. Yes. And you're making twenty one thousand yes. dollars a year. And then yeah. I take a job for three hundred a week. Yeah. To learn the business because I. You were I investing knew, in yourself. Because I knew this was a business I was going to stay in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew you know I've never not one day since I hired in wanted to be in another business. You know, everybody has jobs 
they don't like this job, they don't like that job, and they're mm. waiting for another job, and they're hunting another job, and you know the grass is greener over there. I've done one, I've done one thing my whole life, and that's sell cars. And I made it to where instead of just selling cars, I wanted to do a server. I wanted my kids to say, my dad can get you any kind of car you want. Oh, interesting. You know, instead of my dad's a car dealer, I want them to say, hey, you need a car? Call my dad. He'll take care of it. You know. Had you already had kids by now? Uh, no, I had kids a couple of years after that. You know, so, but but I wanted them to grow up in school saying to their teachers and stuff, it's okay, my dad will help you. If you need some mm -hmm. help on a car, call him. If your payment's too high, call my dad. Where'd you get the money to start your, to buy the first cars? We or bought, were they used cars? Uh, well, I bought the, I bought the first car, uh, Sandy and I had a checking account, and I. Uh oh. So I, I wrote a check for eight hundred dollars on her checking account, and she she because she gave me checks. She didn't. I didn't have the book. She just gave me a couple of checks. She's so I smart. wrote a, I wrote a check for eight hundred dollars and bought a car. Well, I didn't tell her about it, and then she got everything all out of whack. Well, she took the checkbook away from me that day. That was uh, nineteen seventy. Two. And you hadn't had it back since. I hadn't had it back since. I've never, <laughs> I've never written a check since then. So she took the checkbook away from me, and uh, right, right, you know, probably rightly so, because I probably wouldn't write everything in there I'm supposed to anyway. So, but she took it away from me. She managed all that. I didn't make it. She managed it. I love it. I so. love it. I want to tell everybody also that when I called you up and asked you to be on the radio, you and I said, well, I'll send you an email. You said, uh, I don't do email. I said, how can you not do email? What'd you say? I said, well, you know, Carrie, I don't do an email. I'm sorry, but I said, I've never done an email in my life. I've never turned a computer on in my life. I don't know how to turn a computer on. I've never been on Facebook, Twitter. I've never <laughs> been on anything because I didn't grow up in that age. I grew up uh, where all we had to play with was a baseball all all summer and a football all winter. Mm -hmm. And and that was it. Mm -hmm. now, we didn't have a bunch of stuff. We didn't have games. And, you know, I grew up when my dad would take us on Friday night. He'd get paid. He'd take us to the... Uh, to the Dairy Queen out there and get us a hot dog and a milkshake. We thought that was a big outing. Mm -hmm. You know, that was a big outing for us. And so, uh, you know, my grandkids are not like that. No, Man, My kids are not like that. Right. So you when know, did you know you had made a success? When did you know that you and your dad were onto something? He, you're selling cars out front. He's in the back making sure the operations run good. How? And then, you're, then your cousin John joins you after a couple of years. When did you start saying, oh, this is, we're onto something here? Well, or was there something? Yeah, there was something. It was special. Uh, it was special that I was able to work with my dad for, you know, 25 years day by day, you know, and he was my, always my dad and he'd chew me out, but it was just, it was like a dad chewing you out, you know. He'd say, come on, son, get, you know, you did this wrong, that wrong, you know. He wouldn't, uh, uh, it, was, it was a dad relationship, you know. I mean, I loved him and, I, and if I didn't like what he said, I'd go and do whatever I thought what I wanted to do, you know, and he would—he never would say anything. Well, he couldn't argue with your numbers, no, that's for sure. No, he couldn't argue with numbers, so I, I would do things that would sometimes would shake him up a little bit, you know, as far as uh, ordering and buying cars, but but uh, it was great to be able to work with your dad, you know. You said, I asked you if you uh, loved cars before we went on, and you said, nope. Do not love them. And you know, there's people that, that love cars. Mm -hmm. I, I just, they're, they're a means for getting back and forth places and a means for me to make a living with and that's the way I've always looked well, at it. Well, you can't fall in love with a car because you'll sell it out from under you. I do that, too. You said uh, your wife's? My, my, my wife wanted it. Uh, she had a little Volkswagen when 15, 16, we were 17 years old. And uh, I would sell it out from under her. And uh, and so, you know, I told her, I said, don't, don't get used to having cars that they're going to be with you a long time because I said, we're going to sell them if somebody wants them. You've sold them when she's been in the grocery store. Yes. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> oh, you came out? Oh, your car's gone. <laughs> I picked them up places where she's shopping and put another car there and, and, and leave her a note that keys are in a gas tank or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad. He'll sell anything. Yeah. Uh, your commercials are so successful, and you worked with your sons for a little while. Worked for my sons a while, and I still work with them. Uh, I'm retired now, and I work about 45 hours a week. I work about 25 for one, 20 with the other, and, you know, they don't pay me. They don't? No, so it's a non-paying job, so if anybody needs a car salesman, call me, because uh, <laughs> my sons are not paying me. Now, I paid them all these years that they worked for me, mm -hmm. and uh, a funny story, they, they both went to, I had one that played college baseball, one played college football, and uh, so both of them, as soon as they got to college, they, one of them was a A student, did honors and all that, he gets to college, he got a, not, don't even have a one point. The, oh. You know, I mean, it's terrible. And uh, so I told him, I said, son, I said, that he, he was just turned 18. And I said, I'll tell you what, dude, go thank the coach for giving you a scholarship. And uh, tell him that you're going to turn your scholarship back in and give it to somebody that wants it and that needs it and wants to study, you know, to get an education. I said, turn it in today, thank him for it, and apologize for letting him down. Mm -hmm. You'll be on the car lot Monday morning. And I said, the bell's not going to ring Monday afternoon at four or five o'clock. You're going to you're stay and we're going to go. So I, you know, I, my wife almost, I almost got a divorce over that because I pulled them both out of college. Both of them. Both of them did the same thing. And I pulled them out of college, put them on the car lot, and I said, y'all work for me now. And I said, that's not going to. Did they ever going. go back to school? Nope. Interesting. They never went back to school. One of them runs, uh, one of them runs, uh, he runs about 15 stores, owns part of 15 stores across the U.S. The other one's got stores and cattle. They never did go. They never did go back to school. Well, I think that was a good decision. But you know, sometimes school is, school is not for everyone. Well, they're partying too much, probably. Well, they, you know, and they can do that if they want to do that here at home. But but you know, school is not for everyone. And, and and so you know, sometimes people you know put too much emphasis on school. Mm -hmm. You know, being able to you know learning how to. Uh, to work and how to have to you know take care of yourself and all that is, is is things that we that I learned as an early as an early child uh, you know um, I didn't I used to go to car auctions and horse auctions and stuff and my grandpa would give me ten dollars to buy you know a bridle with and I'd buy it and he wouldn't give me any more money until I sold it I'd put it back in a sale the next week you oh, know the horse no the bridle just oh, the to bridle. go his foot you know it goes around his head mm -hmm. I'd put a buy a bridle for you know uh, uh, five dollars and he wouldn't and i'd take that 10 and then, then i'd try to turn it into 20. Mm -hmm. you know and then i turn that try to turn that 20 so into that's the 40. work ethic that we are missing i think when we're teaching our kids today and there's a lot of rules out there where you can't even get a job till you're 16 years old i think which i think right. is kind of a disservice for some of these kids because i started working when i was 14. well you know th these kids now need to uh they need to think about other than a professional doctor lawyer mm -hmm. uh dentist all that stuff. They need to think about being a diesel mechanic or, you know, if they're good with their hands, go out to, you know, this Botech, Blasky Botech's really mm -hmm. a great, got a great program out there. And they teach these kids how to, 
uh, get play jobs that they could make a lot of money yeah, and support their families. Learn great. a trade. And learn a trade and own your own business and all the whole nine yards by going through that trade. So Yeah, I think so, too. I think that's a great idea. You do a lot of commercials. They're so successful. You're like a rock star in Arkansas because of all the commercials you no. do. And they're funny with your sons. You're not doing them with your sons anymore. No, they've, they've, they've gone their separate ways as they got older. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, one of them wanted to be in the cattle business. He's up on in uh, Clinton, and uh, he's got a dealerships up there, Clinton and Heber Springs and, and Bryant. So I got one son that's got dealerships up there. Then I got one that just took over all of our stuff out here, you know, and he runs it. So, I mean, they, they've got Little Rock, mm -hmm. and uh, he's got stores in Oklahoma. He's got stores in at, uh, up in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, he's got stores in uh, Missouri and Arkansas. Wow, and so lots he, of them. He, he, he's got, got a lot of he's, he, he's traveling a lot. He's traveling a lot. That's a lot. So on all those commercials, I always wonder if you're a stickler for some particular Thing that you do that you're like I always want to have something in my in my advertisement do you you know I always wanted to have that uh, we don't ever really talk about price mm -hmm. we, we just build a, a, the brand you know we've just been able to build a brand uh, that's true you don't ever talk about we, price. we talk about you know hey we're gonna take care of you come in see us you need you know if you need to sell your car come in see us if you need to buy a car come see us we just talk about brand and then comical stuff came along seven eight years ago and it, and it, it was stuff that we would do on a daily basis mm -hmm. you know my son and i you know i'd be riding in a car with him maybe fighting and I'd, I'd try to i'd be driving down the road trying to slap one of them but, <laughs> while i was driving you know and uh we've done that their whole lives yeah i mean they fought like uh the, from the time they were little boys they'd fight just get in the car and they'd start fighting you know <laughs> And I'd be trying to drive them and hit at them, you know, and there, Sandy would be screaming and hollering, don't, 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 and I'd be trying to hit them. So, <laughs> but, uh, so it was easy. down-to-earth guy, isn't he? <laughs> so it was easy for us to do commercials. Yeah. And, you know, come on, guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I would, you know, I could say, you know, come on, man, what are you mm -hmm. doing? You know, and it, it was just normal. Every day. Every huh? day, just the way it really was. Well, because of your commercials, I have become a stickler. I want your face has become such an important part of your branding that you were talking about that I have begun, that I've asked my uh, marketing staff to put my face on everything because I think I really like that about your commercials. And so you've influenced <laughs> Arkansas Flag and Banner in that way. Well, I'm good. And, and you know, uh, branding is, uh, you know, you know, branding, branding is instead of price gets so mixed up and people get so confused on pricing, you know, cars that they don't know what to do. You're not selling products. You're no, selling, you're we're selling, selling a brand. You, you are know. absolutely selling, selling a, brand. a brand. And that's really, I don't even think people realize that, but I saw it. I noticed it. I came into my marketing team before I ever met you and said, I want to do what Steve Landers is doing. You know, we, we bought, uh, I bought about 70 over the years, 70 car dealerships, you know, in different states and different countries. And, you know, I've been in China, I've been, Puerto in, Brazil, Rico. been in Brazil, I've been in uh, Mexico uh, with, with car dealerships and all across the U.S. You know, so our, our business has grown and that brand is, if you're driving in Tennessee, if you're driving in, Louisiana, if you're driving in Texas, you'll see Landers own car dealerships. Those are dealerships that I owned at one time, mm -hmm. you know, and built and got them going. And, and then mm -hmm. so. And then sold for $40 yes. million. Now we're going to hit 1989 to 2005, a 25-year span with big changes. In 1989, your dad and you and your cousin had a car lot that you were very hugely successful, so successful that Chrysler Corporation came to your car lot and made you an offer. 
Tell us how that changed everything. Well, they made us an offer, Carrie, to, uh, they wanted us to become a standalone Jeep dealer. And at that time, I really didn't want to be one uh, because we were doing really good in, in selling used cars. We'd sell 200 something used cars a month by then. And uh, I didn't really want to be a Jeep dealer, but this guy from Chrysler came in, he said, you know, look, I'm fixed to retire. We're, we're going to put an open point here. Open point means the factory will, will give it to you. You don't have to buy it. And, uh, and he said, look, there's going to be four or five guys trying to get it, but I want you to apply. I said, I don't know if I want to, but he said, he came back in a couple of weeks. So I said, yeah, we'll apply. Three or four, three or four or five weeks later, they, the guy comes back and he said, it's down between you and two other guys. And he said, these two other guys uh, have got high college educations. Mm. And he said that they really want a guy with college education. So I said, well, that's not me. Mm -hmm. So he goes back to, to uh, Tennessee where they, the headquarters were. He said, look, this is the guy you want. He doesn't have any college, but I'm telling you, this is the guy you want. And he said, he'll sell cars. And so they gave it to us and, you know, and uh, the rest was history. We, within four years, we led the world. The world? The world. Wow. And Chrysler Dodge Jeep sales, the world. And so in, 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 in the in the mid-90s, early 90s, we led the world. Uh, we were selling 1,050 a month in a population of 12,000 people. How are you, and we didn't even have the internet. No, we didn't have the internet. How'd you do that? Because, uh, you know, People social, drove from all around? From all around. We, we created the fact that we were the best place to buy a car. Did you advertise in newspapers? Newspapers, and we advertised. Back then, we did newspapers, and we did radio, and we, and we did a little TV, but... What states uh, did you advertise? All of them. Every did, one of them. Every one of them. We did all. And they all yeah. drove to Benton, Arkansas. They all drove to Benton, Arkansas. And you know, when you well, sell now a, we know why Benton's big because of you. No, you brought you all that money. A, when you sell a thousand cars a month, yeah, without any internet, yeah. you know, uh, the closest thing to that right now that's happened in the last twenty-five years has been my son. Last month sold nine hundred cars. So, so he, you know, he in Clinton or the other one? No, here in Little Rock. Mm -hmm. it, it just at our Dodge store, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, 900 cars in one month, 900. And so, uh, that's it's a lot of news. cars, but, but the, the fact is that's we're, we're, uh, is the word synonymous? That's the word I was trying to think of truth. That's the word I was trying to think of. Is it synonymous? It is synonymous. For, Thank you for, for us uneducated uh, high school graduates. For, it's synonymous for, for volume and taking care of the customers in mm -hmm. volume. And so Chrysler thinks it's a phenomenon because it was a population of ten or twelve thousand people back then when we led the world, and so uh, I've got three globes that are made out of crushed crystal that they give you for leading that being oh. the top in the world. And you got three. Got three. I gave one son, one and one the other, and I kept one. So, uh, but it's pretty good now. These boys are coming along and doing the same thing. You know, they're coming along right behind us and doing it because they were raised in this and they understand it like we, you know, they they understand it. You know, mm -hmm. and. Uh, so it's been been pretty good. It's and, changed and a lot, though. Changed a lot, yeah. I mean, a lot. So in 1995, so you're selling a thousand car Jeeps, Chrysler's. You, you're you're selling more than anyone else in the world. Yes. Um, in 1995, you sold the land. It's called the Landers Auto Group now, and yes. you sold it for 40 million dollars to the United Auto Group. How many partners did you have at that time? Uh, at that time, we had uh, two. So it was two partners in that with us. How did that change things? It didn't, you know. You're not changing at all right now. I'm not changing at all. <laughs> you know, my dad still drove an old two. My dad drove an old two uh, two door truck, and 
you know, didn't want anything fancy on it. I lived the same. Dad lived the same. You know, went to the kids, went to the same schools. Still worked all the time. Still because worked all the time. You, uh, after, uh, because they asked you to come back. Let's see. Roger Penske bought it. After three yes. years, Roger Penske bought yes. it. Did you have to stay on with the auto group for a I while? I didn't have to, but Roger asked me, he said, would you run the central part of the U.S. for the new auto group that we're doing? Mm-hmm. I said, you know, Roger, I said, I just got that money. I've been, I've worked every day since I was a kid. I said, I probably don't want to. And he said, well, I'll give you this if you'll do it. And I said, you, I think I'll start. <laughs> I, said, I said, where do you want me to start? And so Roger and I had a great relationship. Uh, and there's probably not a smarter businessman on the planet than Roger Pinsky. Really? And a, a more honest, you know, he would, you know, he would do whatever Roger told you. That's the way it was. And uh, I got a, I tell people, I said, I didn't go to college, but I got an MBA from Roger Pinsky. Really? Because I spent eight years with him. And uh, I spent eight years working with Roger only. How did Roger originally get his money? Uh, just in just in auto business. It's and, always, uh, always okay. been auto business. He raced. He was into racing. That's he's where a ter- I know he's a terrible from. driver. That's he's the I worst driver on the planet. But he loved to drive. So when I when I used to be out with him, he'd always want to drive. You know, but he would always get us in binds. You know, with his driving, he's terrible driver. But he used to race car drive some. You know? So he's a race car driver with a business bent. Yes. So what? And, you- and his uh, uh, right now he's got. More Indies than anybody, I think. You know, more Indianapolis 500s. And well, he's not such a terrible driver. Well, he doesn't. It's his driver. Oh, little. I got you. He okay. pays for performance. It's mm-hmm. just like he paid me when 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 that when I sold out to him, and then he hired me back. He said, "I'm going to pay you this, and you know, perform. As long as I perform, the pay was there. You know, mm-hmm. and and uh, so 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 that was good. And then then after eight years with Penske, I went to work. I partnered up with Mac McClarty. Yes. And Mac and I partnered and started an auto group. Another auto group. Another auto group. And it's called Lander's Auto Group. It's called RML. RML. And it was it was called uh, McClarty Lander's for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then Robert Johnson, who started the BET Network. Oh, yeah. Robert Johnson and I and Mac partnered in a big group. So we're the number one, we were the number one minority owned group in the nation. Mm-hmm. Which which Bob owned sixty percent, Mac owned twenty, I owned twenty, mm-hmm. and so it, but Bob wanted to be the number one minority owned group in the country. And, and, and where's he get uh, his money from? Uh, it, BET see? Network. He sold it for about two or three billion to Viacom. Oh. So yeah, that's where Bob got it. And Bob's good. You know, Bob's a great uh, business guy. You know, I think honesty is so important to be a successful business person. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I bet you're the kind of guy that people just do handshake deals with you handshake. all I'd rather do a handshake than a contract. I agree. I, I don't want to read the contract yeah, first. Right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and after you went in with McClarty uh-huh. into your new group, because you, 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 I thought it was nice when I read this that Penske sold you uh, uh, a Toyota dealership. Penske Got out of that leadership and we sold out. So anyway, oh, I, I see. So he was yeah. getting out of that one and yes, you bought that one. Right. So what is it? Was it the old Jones Toyota dealership? Was one of them, yes. Because we were talking about Mr. Jones yes. in the old days. They're not around anymore. No. So it seems like all these car lots and dealerships have all been consolidated yes. into how many auto groups are there left in America? You know, there are probably a couple of hundred auto groups. It doesn't seem like it. You know, the, the major ones were Penske Automotive and Auto Nations, uh, Group One. So there's some there's some big auto groups now. 
but eventually they'll they'll control all the auto business. It's like everything's going into monopolies right. these days. It's like banks and everything else. It's all going into monopolies. Yes. Um, um, when you when you partnered with McClarty on those twenty dealers yes. that you first bought, yes, one of them was a mobile homes. Yes, and then I read that it right after because uh, of Katrina, you yes. sold mobile homes. Yes. To all those no, that was a Ford store in Northwest Arkansas that Mac and I bought. It had been up for sale for a little while, but nobody would buy the Ford store because he had a he had a motorhome dealer that was adjacent to it that he wanted you to buy. That was back when nobody thought that was a good idea. No. and you were like, "I'll take it." Yeah, that's it. I'll take it. <laughs> See, and, 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 you can't I, learn that kind of intelligence in school. And I, so the way I figured that is, I told Mac, I said, "Mac, I said, you know, if we buy these motorhomes." I said, most we could lose is probably a couple of hundred thousand. It, it may, would mean that we just paid 200,000 more for his business. That's a way to look at it, and, yes. And so I said, the other guys are afraid of it, but I said, that's, I think we can lose 200,000. We ended up losing 80,000, but we got the business bought. We've had it for about 15 or 20 years Well, now. I thought you made it back, though, when you got to sell all those mobile homes to the displaced Katrina. Well, yeah, but we you know, ended up losing 80,000. Oh, uh, instead of the 200,000 you originally thought. Yes, instead of 200,000. I'm with you. I want to just... We're not going to take a big break. I just want to tell everybody uh, that you're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Mr. Steve Landers, CEO of Steve Landers Auto Group. So you are still working. I still work. But you don't get paid by your sons. My son don't You don't me. work for money anymore. No, I just work to help them. But That's you nice. know, it's, uh, it's, uh, something I always live by, success. Success is not owned, okay? Success is rented, and that rent's due every day. So if people will look at it like that, success is not owned, it's rented, and the rent's due every day. That's a great tweetable quote. You know, you got to pay that rent every day to you be successful. You could do a lot of tweeting if you would tweet. You've no, got I don't a lot do of no tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've talked about your life when you were young, how you quickly grew up at 18, got married, and became a great car salesman, and then how you worked hard, and you and your father, and then you sold your first I call I call Arkansas flag and fair my firstborn. Yeah. I, I don't know how you felt about selling your business, but I'm sure if someone offered me that kind of money, I'd sell it. But um, I cried. Huh? I cried when I sold it. Did you really? Yeah. I thought about that. I cried when I first sold it because I, I, like you said, we raised it. You know. It, I know. It was like getting rid of a child. I know. I, I mean, cried. money's yeah. money, but it's nice. But it is. Yeah. You know, and I told the guys when I was when I was saying, and I said. I said, yeah, I'm crying a little bit, but I said, I'll get over it in a minute. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I got over it. <laughs> so you're still working, and now you are a horse racer. You are into the horse racing big time. That is your, is you, that's a hobby, or are you making money at it? Well, you know, no, I made some money actually this year, but you know, the, the if you want to become a millionaire in the racehorse business, start with four. And at, at the end of the year, you'll have one. You'll be a millionaire. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> That's what I've heard. No, it's, it's, it's a very expensive business, but it's a lot of fun if you work it. And I get up every morning at about 4.30, and I start working on my racehorse business until about 6.30. And then I leave the house, and I go work on the car business. And so, But I've got about 26 racehorses. And, That's uh, a lot. We race all over the country. A big investment in these horses, and I'm raising babies up. You know, and I, you know, you want to see them come up. You want to see them do good. And, and you liked horses when you were a kid, didn't no. you? No, I thought you said you went with your dad to some horse shows. I used to go to horse sales and stuff, but I didn't really like horses. What made you decide to get into horses uh, now? Uh, you know, I just I've been on them on and off for about 20 years, and uh, I like the thoroughbred thoroughbred business. I like the the business side of it. 
It's funny, you don't, I say, oh, you love cars. You go, no. <laughs> oh, you love horses. No. No. I really don't. I mean, you I, love the creativity of business. I love, I love doing business. Uh, <laughs> I love doing business. I love making deals. Uh, uh, some guy wrote a book last year on me, a master deal maker. And it's, it's, it's for sale in the Kroger's and places like that. It's, really? Yeah. And it's, it's master deal maker. Uh, because, you know, I learned, I learned at an early age to buy, sell and swap. Okay. That's a trade. That's a, that's a, there's guys that have got PhDs and they're brilliant people around the world that can't buy, sell and swap. Yeah. You know, so, so they can do something I can't do and I can do something they can't do, you mm -hmm. know? And, uh, I mean, I can, I can, I've learned to, uh, I buy, sell, and swap property. I buy, sell, and swap horses, I buy cars, um, you know, just things all, that's what I do. Mm -hmm. And I love doing it. You're very, um, you, you, you're very um, risk-taking in all these things around you. You mm -hmm. seem to like the change. You don't, you don't have, you don't hold on to things except for in your personal life. You're very, you've probably lived in the same house for a long time. Long time, yeah. Yeah, got the same wife yet since you're 15 wife, years. Yeah. Got your kids, are the same. Yeah. But yet all out around you, all this creativity is around you that's always yeah, being yeah, changed and, yeah. in, in You know, I learned a lot of that from Pensky. Pensky used to say, think outside the box. Mm -hmm. You know, he used to say, think outside the box, Steve. I want you to think outside the box. And you know, I was making big decisions. I bought over 50 dealerships with Pensky and I'd do it on my own and buy it and I'd think outside the box and I wouldn't, I didn't have a degree in anything, you know what I mean? But I learned, I had some wonderful teachers when I was a kid that taught me to read and write and to add subtract and to you know and they taught me that and they knew that that's what I needed mm -hmm. you know that I wasn't going to be a scholar student mm -hmm. but they knew that's what I needed and uh, and they taught me that and you're I love those teachers you're intuitive though about people I think well I, I learned to uh, I learned to uh, read people this is what we do in the mm -hmm. carpet you read people these guys gonna buy today you know mm -hmm. you learn to read people and, and uh, that helps in buy, selling, and swapping, you know, so. Mm -hmm. So you've been appointed to the Racing Commission? Been appointed to the Racing Commission. When did that uh, happen? Uh, last year uh, from uh, Governor Hudson, and, and uh, uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it really, I really enjoy it. What does a Racing Commissioner well, do? Or? We just, we just, uh, we kind of um, uh, oversee all the things that happen at the tracks and the casinos and that, those kind of things. And I know there's a big casino issue coming up, you know, but those casinos, if they come in, would be under the racing commission, you know, as far as... How many times do you have to meet a year? Uh, we meet uh, once a month, mm -hmm. so 12 times a year. And uh, it's, it's uh, I got some great guys that are on there with us and very smart business guys and horsemen, you know. So, you you know, you, you, you enjoy that and you, and you try to make things good for the public when they come over, you know, mm -hmm. you know to, to enjoy the day or, mm -hmm. you know, like Oakland did a deal last year where they put that, they put it, extra kick on the on the show money the third place money because so many people would play that right you know that they, they've never they don't come in there to gamble they come in there to just to win and to just to hit a little you know and so they oakland raised that up it's really nice for the for the betting public to go over there because they can win a little bit and, so the show is paying a little bit more than it used to pay is that what you're yes, saying yes oh i always i always just do the three across yeah but you can do the show and do pretty good they what's about the best 60. bet you should bet over there. Best bet to win only. Win only. Yeah, it's better to win than don't. Don't but, try that. Uh, no, but but you know the exotic betting is really nice. People pick numbers, you know, and that's how they make a lot of money. You know, we just throw a bunch of numbers together, bam, it hits, and you, you know you can win a lot of money by doing it. So, uh, 
But, um, you know, my dad always told me, he said, you know, they didn't build Las Vegas on winners. Right. They built it on losers. So, you know, it took me a long time to understand that in my life. But I finally understood they didn't build those places on winners. They built it on losers. You got to lose and, a lot of money to figure that out, I think. So you got to lose a lot of money to figure that but out. But do you think horse racing is not quite like sitting there pulling the slot machines? Because you can put some analytical thought into it. I love the, I love it because you can study the forms. Right. You can study. And it's got the the, uh, the 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 hats and the dresses and the and the festivities of, of, of the race meet. It's just wonderful. And I really do enjoy it. And, uh, and uh, I got some great guys on the commission with me and that, that we all work hard to give the, you know, give the public. Do you, you know, travel all the time? I, I traveled quite a bit, you know, but I'm, but I've not done so much with my leg, you know, my legs been a problem. I've had, you know, several knee surgeries, but I'm fixed to get one more and I'm going to get this leg fixed. And so I can. One more. that's going to last a year. The surgery's going to last about a year though. Well, it, it's going to, it, I'm going to get fixed so I can travel around the country and watch the horses I've got run. Mm -hmm. you know? So you traveled all the time when you were, when you all were the time. for Penske. Yes. I mean, you had dealerships, like you said, everywhere, every everywhere. day, every day. Did I you traveled have to... six days a week. I hope you had a private plane. Had a private plane. Oh, that's the only way I'd do that. You know, and, and, and but I would keep it rolling, you know. But, you know, I'll tell you a funny story. And I tell these kids now that I said, you know, y'all take this social media. You've taken the social out of business with social media. Mm -hmm. The social part. I mean, I used to stop on the road when I see one of my customers uh, mowing his grass. I'd stop and I'd drink a glass of tea with him. Say, hey, man, you know anybody want a car? Yeah, my brother's wanting a new truck, Steve. That's how I did that. And these kids now, everything's on this little box that they've got in their hand. Mm -hmm. And there's no social. You could walk right by one of them and they wouldn't say, hi, how you doing today? Can I help you, sir? Can I help you, ma'am? And, 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 and they've got too much, too far one way. Mm -hmm. You know, I like the social part of it where I come visit with you or I can go, you know, see you at dinner at night. Hey, Steve, I need a car. Yeah, sure, I'll take care of you. You know, what do you want? Boom, 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 and, and, and do that. And uh, it'll probably swing back the other way. I feel like the pendulum is swaying all the way over here to isolation. And yeah. I think they're going to probably figure it yeah. out and it'll maybe swing back to the middle. But you know, I've got a two year old grandson that can sit down in my lap, punch the buttons on his, on my phone that he wants to read and he'll swipe and do all he's two years old. <laughs> he can't even speak good. You know, <laughs> but he can use his phone. So what's he going to be doing when he's 18, you know, oh, 20? I don't I mean, even know. Unbelievable. I, I mean, know, he can't, right? you know, he can speak. Steve. A little bit, but he can't speak a lot, and he can use that phone. So I have enjoyed talking to you so much. I don't think I've grinned this much in a long time. You're well, just a I mean, nice guy. Here's your gift. Oh, great. A U.S. flag and Arkansas flag desk set. I bet you don't even have one. You need one. No, but we do a lot of We bought a lot of flags from you over here. You sure are. Landers is a great customer of Arkansas flag and banner. You know, Thank of, you very much. Well, look, you'll tear oh, it all up. Speaking of flags, <laughs> speaking of flags, our, yeah. we, we were the ones that started the big flags. You were. That's exactly right. And now everybody gets dozen, mm -hmm. uh, but we, we had our big flag and a storm came through and it tore it into... 50 Shreds. pieces, 50 yeah. pieces. They just scattered it all over the lot. Then we had to buy a new one from you. you know, Thank so. you. I'm glad. Yeah. So Thank you was, very uh, much. So. You know, you really were the first one. Whose idea was that to put up a big flag? Uh, it kinda, you know, I'm, I don't know. You maybe don't remember? Mine, maybe mine. But I, 
it, it's well, I put them in Texas and in Kentucky. Everywhere we ran, I would put a big flag. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. Thank you, Steve. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank You're you. welcome. You're welcome. If you have a great entrepreneurial story that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear from you. Send a brief bio and your contact info to questions, that's questions with an S, at upyourbusiness.org. And finally, to our listeners, thank you for spending time with me. If you think this program has been about you, you're all right, but it's also been for me. Thank you for letting me fulfill my destiny. My hope today is that you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening. And if you haven't, you haven't been listening. And that it whatever it is will help you up your business your independence or your life i'm carrie mccoy and i'll see you next time on up in your business until then be brave and keep it up flagandbanner.com is proud to underwrite up in your business with carrie mccoy this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners firsthand insight into starting and running a business subscribe to her weekly podcast whenever you like wherever you like to listen all interviews are recorded and posted the following week with links to resources you heard discussed on today's show. And Carrie's goal is to help you live the American dream.